Oh! Yep, Shen likes to call me a mofo. What's a mofo? So now my abs are getting a nice workout from laughing at my doo-doo-doo. I don't want my pants for real. Doo-wee-doo-wop. Oh. I was trying to bring a song into the podcast. Jen's always got a song for the podcast. Yeah. Okay, you're just doing your do if you... Uh... <laughs> doing your do. I just think it's... It's early labor now. It's, it's early labor, the time to do your do. <laughs> <laughs> do we do what? Hey there, you're listening to Pushing It. Well, if you're not in labor, you are. Oh, actually, if you're in early labor, you should be listening to this right now. Yeah, it's true. If you're not in active labor, you're listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things early labor, (laughs) birth, (laughs) pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, well, you should just laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys, the funniest thing happened the other day. We were talking about early labor. And I may have told somebody that they should Netflix and chill in all the ways in early labor. It's a pretty good thing to do in early labor. We'll talk about that some more today. And Jen straight up looked at me and was like, yeah, of course. There's lots of good things on Netflix. You should totally Netflix and chill out. And then was like, but what do you mean by all the ways? And I'm like... Uh, all the ways. Totally in front of people who were laughing. Yes. Yes. And I had no idea. And then Elise just said, uh, I'll tell you about it later, Jen. I'm like, oh, I think I'm supposed to guess that that chill is actually, actually, I'll say that word, um, an innuendo for something else. Yeah. Like sex. (gasps) Oh, So maybe there's other people who don't know about this. Mm, I'm pretty sure it's just you, Jen. I asked somebody else who I would consider knowledgeable about (laughs) these things. And I was like, hey. Jen is serving all the people in like Target and Whole Foods. Actually, it's my poor neighbor who's just walking up there, just trying to garden out there. And we start chit-chatting. And I'm like, oh, and by the way, you should listen to my podcast. This is the way it works. Jen has a clipboard. (laughs) And she has a pen behind her ear. And she (laughs) walks up and down her street. And then she walks to Whole Foods. And then after Whole Foods, she hits Target. And she goes up to people and she says, excuse me, sir or madam. I've got a question for you. Are you familiar with the term Netflix and chill? And she puts either a tick in the yes column or a tick in the no column. (laughs) So I asked my neighbor 
we were chatting about my podcast and I'm like, yeah, we try to be kind of funny. And then we, our personalities kind of come out because I told my business partner, she looks very, very mofo. Yeah. Jen likes to call me a mofo. No idea that it should have been boho. And he had the blank stare in his face. He didn't know. He's like, what's a mofo? So then I had to say the words out loud. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's not nice to call her. And then I was like, oh, I'm glad you didn't know those terms because uh, do you know what Netflix and chill is? And he starts laughing. He's like, of course. How do you not know that? You have three teenagers. <laughs> so I'm just going to say your neighbor doesn't seem to be all that aware Wait, be nice. of pop he culture He might be things. listening right now. Stop it. Mm. He's got to be. He's, Hi, neighbor. Oh, we're not going to say his name. No. But I'm, I'm giving you a wave right now. I love that your neighbor is listening, though. Maybe. We'll see. I told him to. Yeah. And after I tell him, hey, I talked about you on my podcast, maybe he really will. Yeah, it's true. But he did know what Netflix and chill. He totally knew means. what that meant. And I was like, where'd you learn that? And he's like, well, you know, it's just out there. Everybody knows that. It's true. But Except I, for me. I will confess, though, that after all of that, I didn't know about the uh, eggplant emoji. Oh. And that I might have invited people over for dinner and sent <laughs> them a little text message with uh, eggplants. <laughs> Would you like some eggplant emoji for dinner? That's because we don't have eggplants in my household. I love. I've got a wife and two daughters. There are no eggplants in my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, there I don't is. I like eggplant. Like, oh, come on. You have never had my eggplant parmesan. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the food just... now? Yes, okay. we are. Come on. What else would I be talking about? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but Jen was familiar with the eggplant emoji. Yeah, I knew that one. Apparently, she gets those texts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> What's for dinner? Eggplant. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> But not Netflix and chill. So we need to make up a little manual. Like, let's think of all of the little, what are we called these? Uh, Cultural slangs, innuendos, Mm -hmm. whatever they might be. It's true. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Netflix and chill. There we go. It's a good thing to do in early labor. And um, you can even call it that. And you can actually watch Netflix and chill out. And then you can Netflix and chill. Definitely chill out. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, I roll. Okay, so let's introduce what we're talking about today. We're going to jump love right this on innocence in. innocence about you, Jen. I try. I try. It's, it's hard, though. I mean, it really is hard to live in this innocent mindset of mine. <laughs> I love that Things go you... right over often. I... <laughs> and I feel stupid. <laughs> I love that in the same breath that you could miss... <laughs> mofo and netflix and chill yeah that you can also totally understand the eggplant yeah there you go well i don't know i don't know who told me about that actually i am thinking of a certain friend who may have been a midwife and then maybe there was a group conversation about it i don't know i cannot totally recollect but i am sure in podcast land our lovely listeners, there's got to be some other folks out there like me. Please raise your hand now. Thank you. I see you. I see you back there. 
on the left. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can all Instagram us your favorite Please. innuendo emoji. Oh, oh. oh, or phrase. Or phrase. I don't know how many emojis there are out You can there. call us mofos or something. Send I mean, us eggplants. Be respectful about it. Uh, um, you know what I mean. Did we never said we needed respect in any of this. Oh, or, I ah. like respect, you know. Okay, let's talk Jen about... wants to get down to business I, I got to get down to business because, you know, we're active bird doulas and there might be some people in early in labor. In early labor. Hey, guys, so, guess what? So we really do have people in early labor. That's why we were making all those jokes about this. Because yes. there are really people trying to have babies right now. All over this city of ours and the world. <laughs> and Apparently so much that the there globe. are other people that want to have babies who don't even get to go in and get that party started. Yeah. Um, so yep. sometimes when you want to have an induction, it's not your number. Yeah. So, okay, let's, we're going to break this up into three parts. Uh, wait, Just, no, you can't list this episode. Okay, then they get to be A, B, and C then? No, that's okay. still a list, um, Jen. Uh, uh, thoughts one, two, and three. Wait, no, still less. Okay, whatever. Here are. Do you guys remember a thoughts. couple episodes ago when I said we would no longer have list episodes, and then the next it's, episode? It's not was a number; it's a letter. So that still way, less, it's not a list. Still less. Okay, bullet points. Can nope. I have three bullet still, points? Still oh, little brother. Little. Okay, some topics that may or may not be discussed today are early labor with an induction. Early labor, um, if your water has broken. I'm just sitting over here rolling my eyes at no, Jen and shaking These are good my head. Topics. These are good topics. And then the other one would be early labor that is pretty normal in length, which means it's going for a bit of hours. I like to be really transparent about the average number of hours. That usually goes in. Ooh, you're starting early there labor. with the normal. It's true. I'm going to tell you right now. Early labor. Close your ears, everybody. Last. Close your ears. Quick. No, listen. Quick. Do you want to know? Clear. 12 to 24 hours. Oh, that's there depressing. There are lots of variations of normal, though. So you've got to stay pretty busy. Here's the deal. You're going to, at some point, realize that some contractions are happening. Mm-hmm. How's that go along? So you're living your life. You're doing your do, right? <laughs> doing your do. <laughs> Trademark, doing your do. <laughs> Everyone's going to want to use I'm that. I'm going to start saying that. Always. <laughs> just... Do you ever feel like you're just doing driving the do. car off the cliff right now? <laughs> oh, that was priceless. my pants for real <laughs> oh wow i'm glad you're enjoying it <laughs> sorry everybody else i didn't have any sit-ups this morning so now my abs are getting a nice workout from laughing at my doing my do okay so you do what you do and you're going around in your life and you're like "Ooh, i feel a little something is that a contraction no, you're not going to go and push the button on the contraction app. Um, I mean, context. That's everything. It. I mean, go go for it and play Candy Crush or whatever your jam is. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So what you're telling me is that I should not start uh, pushing 
the record thing on my app counter and like yes making sure i know and record every single possible contraction because no matter how many times you push that button it does not change your cervix that button pushing does not directly connect to your (gasps) cervix really i know they haven't figured out a way to do that (laughs) wouldn't it be funny if actually that button was connected to your cervix and the more you pushed it the more your cervix changed that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. So should I tell a story right now or not? Oh, I love stories. Okay. So I was thinking about um, one time with somebody who had a fairly longish early labor, and I'm chatting with them on the phone, and they're like, well, we just kind of feel like we should go to the hospital now. And I said, well, can you tell me more about that? Like, what what would make you think about being in the hospital would be a better place to be right now than in your house at this stage in labor. Tell me more about that. Totally not from like a critical standpoint, but more like trying to feel out, what are you guys thinking that's there that's not at your house? And then they start thinking, and she goes, I don't know. Maybe it would just make me feel like my labor was moving forward. And I said, that absolutely makes sense. I hear you. And there's actually nothing there that you don't have at your house and moving to a hospital is not going to make this process go any faster than it already is. I mean, certainly there's medications and things like that, but they're not trying to force medications on you to get you into active labor unless there's a medical need for active labor. Right. And for her, that wasn't the case. I mean, we are not medical professionals, so we are not making that call. Nope. But yeah. in her case, she was the, her hope for her birth was that she would be um, not use medication to um, increase her contractions. Um, everything was fine. She's feeling baby move. She didn't have pre- any pre-existing conditions. She'd had a really healthy, normal pregnancy. Her water hadn't broken. She was just really tired of having these early labor contractions that didn't seem to be getting longer, stronger, or closer together. And it felt like, well, if I'm a hospital, at least something will be changed, right? And so then we talked about like that really, really making a lot of sense and having a lot of compassion for those feelings. And, you know, if you're at the hospital, here's what you will have. You'll have confinement to one room, right? You're at home right now. If you wanted to go and walk around the block, you certainly could. If you want to go lay in your bed, you can. If you want to get some food, you go to your refrigerator. You know, those are actually kind of nice things about being where you are, even though you're feeling a little impatient with this process, which all totally makes sense. And it was just interesting to like frame it like that for her. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just disappointed and frustrated. Yeah. yeah. And I think actually sometimes being at the hospital makes people feel even more impatient and frustrated. Yep. Uh, I was just recently on the phone with somebody in early labor who needed an induction and she was at the hospital and was feeling like, I'm just sitting in this room waiting th- yeah. for things to change. And she was like, so re- if I was at home, I would be just hanging out, right? And I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, you'd probably be sleeping right now and or watching a movie or Netflix and chilling, yeah. right? All yeah. of these things. But because you're sitting in one room yeah. and you're getting monitored and doing your do. Which I That's what we're going to just call early labor now. It's just... early labor, the time to do your do. <laughs> <laughs> do we do wop? 
Oh, always trying to bring a song into the podcast. Shed's always got a song for the podcast. Okay, here we are. Normal early labor, which means you're probably contracting somewhere between every 10 minutes. I don't know. Let's throw some numbers on it, even though there's such a wide variation. Yeah, but there's a variation of normal, but let's throw out those averages because I think it's a nice place to to start. Yep. Yeah. So So average... Spacing between contractions and early labor. I'd say uh, start at about 15 minutes. Yep. And then when we think about those um, contractions, they're a little bit like, huh, I'm not sure if that one's over or not. My belly still kind of hurts. It's just crampy. And then it gets crampier. And then it's less crampy. And sometimes even like, oh, I think I have one starting. Oh, nope. That was gas. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. And then sometimes as it gets closer mm-hmm. to early labor, it can be more of a, oh, oh, these are getting stronger. But it's, or, I'm sorry, as it gets closer to active labor, yeah. I said early labor. But you might sound like that and still be very much in early labor. Yep. So true. There's such a wide variety there. But I think what we're trying to say is very early labor um, is probably feels more crampy yep and when i talk to somebody who thinks they're in you know who's like i think i'm in early labor i'm like great and are you having a um stop and a start to that contraction um she's like well no it's more like it's crampy and then it gets more crampy that's that's some good information um because i think what you can as the person experiencing that go is you know what it's gonna get longer stronger and closer together I really should just be trying to take a nap or really do something to get my brain off of this because we know that there's hormones involved here. Adrenaline in early labor is not welcome. No. I mean, that's the fight or flight hormone, and we don't want you, like, punching and running out of the room in labor. Woo, that's not cool. Yeah. So imagine a fight or flight. So um, you're about to walk off uh, across the street and you looked but and there was no car, but now suddenly there is a car. And what happens is everything shuts down. Your digestive system momentarily shuts down. You have super fast energy. You can run faster than you might typically. Um, high alert in your senses. Your brain just kind of lights up and you act automatically to get away from that danger, right? Yes. That doesn't sound like an environment <laughs> that's helpful for relaxing of your cervix and opening and for a baby descending down into your pelvis. That sounds more like clenching, right? And finding a safe place rather than, oh, let me breathe into this, let my body relax into this tension, all of that good stuff. Which would actually be oxytocin, right? Which yep. is the love hormone. Let's talk yep. about that a little bit. Yeah. Which brings us back to Netflix and chill. Us. Which should just be the <laughs> oh title of goodness. this episode. Okay, but also oxytocin is like, oh, I love my baby. And oh, it's a beautiful sunset. And what a nice glass of wine I'm drinking here outside in the beautiful fall air. Oh. Can't that also be oxytocin? Or it's what you get from having an orgasm. Yes, true. And you also get some oxytocin when you breastfeed. Yep. That's a great one. Um, and I mean, anytime you feel safe and warm and happy, I often describe it as that feeling you get when you're on a nice little date night with your honey, if you have one and that like, oh, 
we could go save the world kind of feeling. You know mm. that feeling? I love that feeling. Yes. I think that's, you know, like, oh, we could do this. This is a, that great feeling. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's oxytocin. So we want to see more of that and less of the, I got lots of energy to run across the street from this car that's trying to kill me. Right. We don't yeah. want that. We don't want punching and running. No. That's a bad thing to have during labor. So when it, could that be a great time to have is when you're trying to push a baby out. So yes. you're fully dilated and it, now we need some extra energy to get that baby through the pelvis and out into our arms. Awesome. Great. Throw in some adrenaline there. Some, I can do this. Arr! And yes. it's not anger, but it's more of like, determination. I'm doing this. I've got the energy. I'm fierce and powerful. I can do this. Yes. 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 yes, yes. So that is thoughts you can think in early labor, but please don't allow that adrenaline to spike. Now I want to speak to how it might spike. Oh. And that's okay. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Have a conversation with your partner, your other people who might be involved in your birth team. I'm thinking about a doula or a friend who's going to be there and say, hey, if you notice that I'm getting kind of edgy or anxious or all of that, can you make sure you talk me down off of that and remind me that it's this is typically part of the process. I'm okay. And to get back into my body and just be present and patient with the process and that adrenaline is not welcome yet. That's going to come later when I'm pushing a baby out. Yes. I have also seen people on uh, support teams also lead like contribute to adrenaline. Yeah. Um, I can think of a birth. Um, somebody who was in a birth class of mine told a story about some family members who were at her birth and they were all very concerned about how long the birth was. So they were in the room and they were like sort of whispering to each other every time the provider left the room, like, should it really be taking this long? I don't know. This isn't right. Somebody should be doing something. But they were whispering and not saying it directly to her. And right. so she knew they were all very concerned, but she didn't know what they were worried about. Uh, and so there was this feeling around her of yeah. everybody is really anxious and worried. Oh, good point. And then they kept saying things to the provider, too. Uh, and she didn't know what. And so she just uh. had this panicked feeling. And... So she was really worried and scared. Yeah. And so then she started having some adrenaline brought into her birth. That's a terrible feeling to have. Um, if that's you, if you're starting to feel that, there's some couple things that you can do. You could ask those people to get out. Um, well, I should even back it up. If those type of people are coming to your birth, you could reassess whether or not you want them at your birth. You mm. don't owe your birth to anybody. Right? Going back to that, you like that. I sure do. You know, if you can't relax in front of them, then they shouldn't be there, right? Like, we want them to trust this process yeah. and trust the process that you chose. Right. Like, trust the birth that you want to have. If they can't support you in your choices and in your birth and they can't, like, trust your body and this process, then they should not be at your birth. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you get adrenaline from their presence in the room, probably they shouldn't be at your birth. So uh, let's, let's, uh, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And we're calling this, this episode, the Jen and <laughs> Elise are arguing with each other one. I love um, it. Bring I'm it on, Jen. Adding to that though, let's say it's your partner who's like, why is this taking so long? And maybe has some of that fear. Oh yeah. Um, I would suggest having a little conversation even pre-birth. Like, yeah. hey partner, 
this is typically how long this takes and this is what it looks like just for some information there because i think that can be power because um, knowledge is always power it is do 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 yeah and maybe even suggesting if that's something that your partner is nervous about that they're asking your provider or maybe calling up the doula themselves and saying hey this is what do you think this is making me nervous and then just having some of that like giving some information to your partner and not immediately going, oh, wait, you shouldn't be a part of my birth team because you're anxious. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's true. Some people we can exclude from the birth team and some might, maybe not. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm when I'm saying kick them off your birth team, I'm thinking people that might not, that, that are a little bit easier to eliminate from right. the birth team. Right. Fair. Thanks for disagreeing with me yes. on that one, Jen. I mean, really, I was just expanding on what I know you were thinking. Oh, okay. it's true, because we're like that. So it, um, let's say it's kind of that crampiness, and then it starts to turn into like, oh, yeah, I know that this is a tightening that is different than what I was calling that crampiness. Definitely not gas anymore. There could be gas, but this is not gas. Yes. So um, that, my friends, could go on for a while. Yep. Or within hours, start to lead into more of that active labor. Um, so we sometimes um, will see this, oh, no, this is, I I'm, I got pressure in my bum. It is time to go to the hospital sort of thing. Probably going to start pushing soon. I yep. feel sudden pressure. We got to go. Baby's going to fall out in the car. Yeah. Well. How it, many babies have you seen fall out in cars? Uh. When I was in midwifery school in New Zealand, working, I mean, you know, on working in the hospital setting, um, we had some, probably two, um, that folks drove to the hospital and we, I didn't help with it, but they're having babies in the parking lot. First babies? Uh, probably not. I don't know, to be quite honest. I've never had a baby come out in the car. As a doula, I never have. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. So... I think what we're trying to say is it's not really common to have that happen. We know you see it on the news yep. or hear those stories. It happens it does. for sure. But it's it's a big deal, and that's why you see it on the yeah. news because it's really rare. Yes. There are a lot of babies born every day. Just in our doula partnership, we've had a lot of babies born just this week. Yep. Um, big week. Whew, yeah, a lot of babies. And none of them came out in cars. Mm. And some of them were actually efficient births and yep. some not so efficient. Yep. But most of the time, it takes a lot of work for babies yep. to come out. And it takes a long time to push a baby out. Yep. So um, babies have to move down very low. And that first time that you start to feel a baby move down really low in yeah. early labor can just be a little bit of a surprise. And yeah. that baby is still far enough in there that... Yeah. A provider still might have to reach pretty far to reach your, the top of your baby's head yeah. when checking your cervix. Yeah. Yep. So that transition from early labor into more of an active labor phase, what we're talking about here is it can go, oh my gosh, oh, this hurts. This is intense. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to do this. And there can be this surge of, whoa, this is labor. This is not what I thought it was going to be. And you can have a hard time coping. Let's be honest. Yeah. And that is really typical. It is typical to have that self-doubt, this is super hard, um, all of that, until you feel, find your rhythm, you know, yes. and um, f trying different things at that point and not getting stuck in your head going, I can't do this. Oh my gosh, this is way worse than I thought it was going to be. That's when we do start to see some of that breathing techniques, the moving back and forth with your hips, doing circles on a ball 
Um, that's the rhythm you're talking about. So yes. finding that rhythm, finding, finding that, that rhythm in your body rhythm. and yes. your breath. Yes. And um, if you need to do that for a few and then you stop doing that because maybe things have calmed down a little bit, great. That's totally fine. You'll go back to that rhythm later on. Sometimes I'll have folks in early labor say, oh, should I start using the ball or should I do this position or that position? And I'll say, actually, no. I think your body's going to start to tell you when you need those things. But in the meantime, actually try not to do that deep breathing in early labor because that's a long time to be concentrating on deep breathing and (laughs) all of this rhythm and ritual, right? Just wait until naturally you need to cope. And I think you're going to know when that is. So Um, what do you do in early labor? Yeah, what do you do? So Um, many things. We often tell people to make a list. And you might be sitting here thinking, oh, I I can come up with a way to fill my day easily. I don't need to write things down. And that might be possible or true for you. But do make a list now. Because when labor starts, it's likely that you're going to think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be my baby. I'm so excited. I'm going to start pushing that button. And I know Elise and Jen said don't do it, but I'm going to do it because I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm different because we all feel that way. Even I felt that way. Yep. And then suddenly you forget what you do with your time to fill your day. So write down a big old list. And things you might put on your list will be things that you enjoy doing Mm. that will take your focus. One of our favorite things is make a birthday cake. Wait, why? Whose birthday is it? Aww. Your baby. Maybe. Maybe tomorrow. Or the next day. Yeah. Or today. It's hard to know. Um, But... Your baby's birthday is coming up, so make a cake with the intention of your baby's birthday. I would probably make a box cake hmm. if it seems like your contractions are getting intense. Or if you're, like, just a master baker or pie maker. I mean, I got a good friend who I was at her birth and second baby, and she was needing to make that plum plum cobbler i believe what it was oh, wow. and so she'd be in there she dumped some stuff in there in the bowl mixing bowl and i said do you need any help she's like nope this is what i want to do i'm like great i'll be over here and she kept making her cobbler and then she would stop and she would make some sounds and you know do her thing and then she would go back to making that cobbler um and it was in the oven and then after the birth it was super yummy to eat (laughs) (laughs) so that might be something you do i've also known folks um when i was a midwifery student i remember seeing somebody in the clinic actually and going yeah you're i don't know a couple centimeters dilated and she was contracting and um we're like yeah just go home and do something that sounds good they went to a movie theater even i love it and i think they watched most of the movie oh another doula client that was awesome they went to a beauty and the beast so that was a couple years ago when beauty and the beast came out and um she looked so cute too because she got out with a bunch of girlfriends and she you know done herself all cute and they were having a girls night out and then while she was there she started getting contractions so in labor oh. she's looking all you know cutesied up even though it's like 11 o'clock at night because <laughs> she just gone to a movie with good friends and now she, she was in labor <laughs> oh wow i tried to make banana bread yeah um, i'm guessing it must have been some like mix or something or banana bread i haven't made banana bread since oh really yeah and i, I got apparently. some 
I got some ripe bananas in the freezer. Oh, sweet. I could send them with you. You can make some. Maybe I should try. Yeah, I, try that again. Is that possible that I haven't made it? Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. Not um, much of a baker, you, Elise. No, I love to bake. I just mm. Maybe I just don't make banana bread. Yeah. I, I, we eat the bananas yeah, before they go. that's your problem. It's true. Um, I do love bananas. But I made banana bread, and I forgot to add water. <laughs> <laughs> and I even put it in the oven and everything. <laughs> it must have been a mix if you did that wire. Right, yeah. Oh, god. So then things got really intense. and <gasps> But I nobody else was awake. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'm making the banana bread and I'm laboring along and things started going and then I, I woke up my wife and I was like okay get the banana bread out because things are oh. going and the midwives are coming. I was gonna say this is a great story if it's flat banana bread that's burnt. It, it was totally <laughs> flat but she took it out and was like it's uh, it's really burnt and then she put water Ooh. on it because it wasn't gonna come out <gasps> oh, of the pan. Gross. But no and then it puffed up and it was like the most <laughs> glorious banana bread which I turned out to be one of those people that ate so much in my ah. second labor so we I ate the banana bread and like a pound of bacon and that's a bunch hilarious. of string cheese and enough clementines to give my daughter the middle name Clementine. Just yeah, saying. That's so. awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> I was very all, hungry. All that to say, you might be baking something. You yeah. might be going to a movie. You might be going for a walk. You might do a puzzle. You might hang out with some friends. I had a, a friend in early labor who was at my house and um, the four of us, um, our husbands and ourselves were chatting and she would go, She, I'm like rocking as I'm even talking about this. She would sit in a chair and she was rocking back and forth and closing her eyes and doing her thing during the contraction. And I would say, "Ooh, should we stop talking and give you some like, you know, assistance over there? And she's like, nope, keep talking. I like the distraction. So you might might actually be in hanging out with friends in early labor and doing, you know, just chatting with them. Not like, whoa, you're supporting me in labor. Right. Um, Yeah. So those are some ideas. Let's see. You know, Amazon. Netflix, movies, things, a series maybe that you can kind of get lost in a little bit, um, get your mind off of it, your focus. Board uh, games? Yeah, board games, cleaning the house. I hear that a lot. Um, like uh, Nesting. Nesting. Like this, like, I was down, some people say this, I was down on my hands and knees washing the floor. Like, I was like, wow, in early labor. And she's oh. like, yep. I did that leading up both both kids, I like scrub tiles on hands and knees. Like, yep. got in the grout, but those were the day before. Yeah. And that's how you know a baby is going to come out of me because I have very clean grout in my house. Oh, it's go. the only time you will ever There's find clean, clean grout. grout. I don't actually have tile in my current house, but like, yeah. That, that's the way you know. Like, yeah. if you ever come to my house and you're like, whoa, grout's clean, know that a baby yeah. will come out. Yeah. So some folks are really into the cleaning, getting stuff done, accomplishing. Um, Others are like, I'm going to lay in bed and do that sort of thing. So that could also be um, a part of some things that you might do. do so much movement that you yeah. feel like you did CrossFit all day. Yeah. Some movement is great um, if you're having some back late. Okay. Let's get specific because we all know that Jen likes rules. And Elise and likes sh- to break them. She likes <laughs> uh, lists and like check marks and yay, I did that part. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so Elise, tell me more about what might be happening in my body in early labor. Oh my goodness, there's so much. Early labor has a really big job. You cannot just skip by this part of labor. It's actually kind of the most important part of labor. Oh. I mean, I suppose pushing is pretty important, you're, too. You're giving importance to aspects of labor? 
Fine. It's true. I probably shouldn't rank labor. Yeah. <laughs> Without pushing, you're just Poor in... active labor. Sad face. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. okay. All right. So early labor is super important. A cervix, before it can ever get to push baby out, has to do a lot of work. And often, a cervix is pointing towards back and is long, right? It's pretty long. Um, we measure it in often in like percentages, like how long is a cervix and it needs to um, become effaced and become 100% effaced uh, and it needs to become soft. So we've talked about this before. It needs to become from like your nose to like your chin to as soft as your cheek or your lips. Really wish everybody could see right now. As I we need to my have face. a video because, as Elisa's saying, it needs to be. It, it will feel like your nose, feel like your chin, and then feel like your cheek. And she just touched all of those yeah. things. It's not going to look like those body parts. No, no, no. Thanks That'd for clarifying weird. that. Um, so it's your nose generally, right? Is is uh, tougher than your chin is, and your cheek is definitely um, feels softer than your nose or your chin. So we're saying that the cervix has to go from feeling, you know, harder, right, to being softening, and then becomes thin. Yeah. Let's yeah. throw in a fancy word here. So posterior versus anterior. So when she talked about a uh, cervix being pointed towards the back of the body, that would be called a posterior cervix. Yep. And that cervix has to move from pointing backwards to posterior. more the, the outlet, in this case, you know, your perineum, your vagina. So it goes from pointing towards the back of your spine, now down towards the outlet of your perineum, vagina. Anterior. Yep. Anterior. And so that is already quite a bit of work right there. And, oh, and then in another episode, Jenna also talks about your um, sort of that softening being a lot like a pear. Mm-hmm. Will you say that again? I just love when you talk about it being like a pear. Yeah. Go to the store, you buy a pear, you feel that pear in the grocery store, it's nice and firm, right? And if you try to push in on it, it's not going anywhere, right? Because it is not ripe, it is firm. So then you get home, put it in a paper bag. A few days later, you forget about it. You reach back into that paper bag, pull it out, and you notice, wow, actually my finger started going into the pear um, because it is now very ripe. So that skin has like definite movement to it versus a couple of days ago when it didn't, when it was unripe. Same thing with the cervix. It can change, meaning it can, um, the cervix can widen and um, we get dilation there, which means um, getting wider, right? Um, Much easier when we see that there's a ripeness to it versus an unripeness, um, comparing that to the pear, right? So change happens easily with something that's ripe versus something that's not ripe. So kind of um, my list here um, is your uh, cervix needs to go from pointing towards the back to the front. It needs to become softer or riper. And um, it also needs to then start to um, get shorter. So it's, sorry, go ahead, Elise. No, 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 I love that. And then it needs to dilate, Dilate. right? But for some crazy reason that drives me bonkers, everyone is talking only about dilation, yep. especially leading up to labor. How how many people say, oh, 
Are you dilated? Have you been checked? Right? Like at a prenatal visit. Oh, did you get checked? Did your OB or your midwife check you? And it makes me insane because they act like that's the star of it all. And it's like, well, you might start to dilate, but also what about all of the other things? And oh, oh, and in addition, there's one more. Your baby has to move on down. You can't push a baby out starting way up high. That's not ideal. That would take a whole lot of energy. Right. So we talk about baby station. And so we want baby to be nice and low. We want to move baby down. And uh, so that baby needs to move down. And so that's a big part of it, too. So early labor is about those things. It's about getting ready for the cervix to make all those changes of what we talk about with dilation. So um, those early contractions, bringing baby down, moving that cervix forward, shortening it, and also thinning it, making it that softer, thinner, um, so that it can more easily change. So that's why when we talk about um, not seeing a lot of dilation and say, you know, eight hours of early labor, it could just be all those other things are accomplishing it. And there's a really wide variation in what we see in early labor um, uh, lengths. Um, I'm just thinking about, you know, we kind of alluded to that. We've been to a few births this week. I'm thinking about how um, people even respond to things like medication. And, oh, man. You know, and Elise has been talking about that, too. She's had had some headaches. Poor Elise. Um, I'm outering her out on this. But we were even just <laughs> talking about that from a non-birth perspective of how some people respond to some types of medication, for instance, for pain really well. And others, it doesn't even seem to hit the per- you know, the target, right? Yeah. So there's, I, I would, I'm hoping you take some of that to heart that you, we can't predict how long your early labor is going to be is because you've got a unique body. Every body is different. Yeah. It truly, truly is. Yeah. And all of these things that happen in early labor that need to happen to get to active and to get to pushing out a baby all work together. So it's not, you know, you check one off the list and the next one, then the next one. I mean, somewhat, but as baby moves down, puts pressure on the cervix and that helps with dilation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the softer that the, the cervix is, the more likely it is to dilate. So it all works really nicely together. Yeah. Um, So we want you to move and use gravity, but we also don't want you to feel exhausted from moving. We don't want you to feel like you're moving into active labor and your legs are hurting because you've been doing squats for your entire early labor. That's not helpful. But we also don't want you to sleep through your entire labor either. That's not helpful. We do want you to take a big long nap and quite a bit. That would be helpful too. But we want you to balance all of that out right? um, by feeling rested and strong from that big long nap you might bring on more oxytocin that would make your contractions more powerful though. Right. Yeah. So balancing it all out, like all things in life, there's balance. Right. Right. And there's specific things to um, kind of, is this your first pregnancy is, I mean, there's, there comes in from some variations even within that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm thinking about um, an induction that I was at where, um, you know, it was not her first baby and um, her cervix was already, um, you know, three centimeters dilated. She was not in labor. And um, her provider said, hey, we can do a little bit of an induction because she had been having 
what we call prodromal labor, which is contractions on and off that were non-progressing for days. And so when she went in for her induction, um, they started a medication to help her contract. And she was kind of feeling it, but not very much. And she'd had that medication for, say, about two and a half hours. And um, a provider, a nurse, suggested, oh, well, why are you sitting here? Why don't you get up and start moving around? And um, it was interesting. After she left, it was like fine for her to make a comment like that. But I was also knowing all the specifics about her care versus this nurse who was with us for about five minutes who wasn't. She didn't hold the whole story of her labor, right, Mm. or even up to that point. And the client asked, so what do you think I should be doing? And I was like, well, you know, to be honest, I'm kind of okay with you just sitting here because we know the next step that we're going to take in the induction. And I won't go into too many details here, but there was going to be soon something else that was going to help with her induction. And she'd only been on that small amount of medication for a couple of hours. And so what I said was, you know, as soon as those contractions really kick in where you're feeling them, then I think we're going to be moving. But for now, I don't want you to feel like you've been doing squats forever. You know, and she's like, okay, that's cool. And we did change positions, but it was into something sitting. She was sitting on a birth ball. Um, And in her particular case, we had a baby within a few hours. So it wasn't that we needed to have her doing lots of movement at that point. It was okay to rest. But again, that's because I'm, I'm giving you another example of like, there's so many different variations. So how do you how do you know when it's not early labor anymore? Um, and that is probably the most common question that we get. How do we know when it's time to go? Um, and those that can be two different questions for some people. So that's um, when is it time to go to your place of birth? That's a question for your provider specifically. But how do you know when it's active labor? Um, and the difference is active labor typically is about six centimeters. Um, and some folks call that the, like the four one one is often a guide to know when you're in active labor and that's contractions that are four minutes apart and lasting about a minute long for about an hour. Generally that's when we see the shift into active labor. Now, sometimes contractions can be four minutes apart and somebody has a contraction and so they're having this contraction. Oh, and then the contraction ends and they open their eyes and they're like, oh, wow, that was really strong. Okay, great. Okay. And then back to what they're doing. And we're like, mm, that doesn't sound like active labor. Right. Um, and then there's somebody who has contractions that are four minutes apart and they're going along and they have this, oh, contraction. And then their eyes stay closed. And they stay in the position they were in, or maybe they rest their head on the ball, or they lean forward onto somebody and they just take a long break. And they're just staying in the zone. They're not feeling very social. They don't really feel like communicating much. You might even say to them, do you want something to drink? And that feels like too big of a question to answer. Yeah. That's a real big indication that things have shifted from early labor to active labor. podcast listener friends we're gonna we're gonna encourage you to do your due in early labor um we're gonna tell you you can do this maybe clean something if you want to go out for brunch you can do this and it might be as clear as mud and that's okay 
All right. Ask the people in your world what's going on. Um, keep listening to our podcast because we'll cover more of this type of thing. Um, we'll also cover how to know when you are maybe shifting into active labor and what to do at that point. So thanks for listening, my friends. Hopefully you laughed a little bit along with us and learned something about early labor. We invite you to check out our website, pushingitpodcast.com. We're on Instagram as Pushing It. We're on the Facebook as Pushing It Podcast. And of course, if you have questions, comments, or if you just want to tell us that you're learning something and really like this, yes. So thanks a lot, you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.